Folks, I hope you're all doing really well. Just a couple of announcements before we begin this week's episode. First off, I have a podcast recommendation. Now, I love to learn. I'm assuming many of you do too if you're listening to this podcast. But I also love to laugh. And so, I'd like to recommend this tongue-in-cheek podcast called Shy Talk, an Irish history podcast. Hello, my name is Jason Brennan. And my name's Kevin Lerney. And we're two Irish comedians. And together we make up Shite Talk, an Irish history podcast. Each week, one of us researches a story from the annals of Irish history and reads it to the other one. Stories like Lord Haha, the leader of the Nazi propaganda radio station during World War II. Or the story of the time the IRA paused the Civil War so that they could run security for a statue of the Virgin Mary. Or the time the IRA tried to invade Canada. Or the time a group of British Israelites came over and dug up the Hill of Tara because they figured that they'd found the Ark of the Covenant. Spoilers, they didn't. And then in between all of those stories, you can listen to us talk absolute shite to each other. It's been described as two friends going down a Wikipedia rabbit hole and then regurgitating it at the bar over a pint. Which is probably fair, Jason. I think so too. So you can check out Shite Talk, an Irish history podcast, every Tuesday on all good podcast platforms. And most of the shite ones too. See you there. Now folks, I really just want to thank everyone who subscribed and who gave us a rating and review on apple podcasts we would so much appreciate if anyone who hasn't done that yet could do so for us it will help us grow and look we're just a small podcast we're an independent podcast and we love making the podcast but we can only grow with your help so please do give us a rating and review on apple podcasts or subscribe and even better please share the podcast with your friends if you feel that anyone could benefit from it by learning about gratitude or encouragement or forgiveness or whatever it is maybe about motherhood please do share it with them it would mean so much to us so thanks so much and enjoy this episode welcome to the hut near the bog the podcast where a life and business coach and a philosopher discuss various aspects of human existence by drawing on the wisdom of Ireland as well as their own expertise and life experiences. The Troubles, or the 30-year political and sectarian conflict that took place in Northern Ireland, was perhaps one of the darkest and bloodiest chapters in Irish history. And yet, there is much we can learn from it, not least about the nature of forgiveness. In this episode, we explore forgiveness. Sheila and myself begin by outlining our views on forgiveness, and we then explore varying views on forgiveness that have come to the fore in Northern Ireland following the Good Friday Agreement. From this, we see that forgiveness is an overwhelmingly good thing, which can have many positive effects for individuals and societies. However, it is not always the only or most appropriate way for one to overcome their own resentment. In the final part, Sheila draws on the wisdom of John Greenleaf Witter to recite a poem about forgiveness. Sheila, how are you? I'm very good, James. Um, I've just noticed it's uh, such a lovely day and the leaves are beginning to change. And in fact, quite a few leaves came down 
over the last couple of days with the wind out there. And I can't believe that we're heading into autumn now. But obviously, autumn has its own beauty. So we look forward to that as well. Yeah, I'm good myself. I'm busy as usual and I'm probably taking on too much as usual as well. So, But I'm busy and I'm good and I'm I'm happy enough. I'm going to Belfast in a few weeks to meet Breed, which will be good. And I'll get to see her and hang out and that'll be nice. So uh, that's keeping me going at the moment. Yeah, it's amazing that you're saying that because I'm at that stage as well where I really feel I could do with a break. You know, it's amazing how we go for so long and suddenly we just have to get some kind of a break to recharge the batteries. Isn't that just it? Absolutely. It's it's very important. Work-life balance. And I'm uh, a big preacher about work-life balance. And then I wonder, am I good in practice? But look, at the moment, I'm just busy and I'm working towards something. So um, sometimes that's what you have to do in order to achieve things. So yeah, well, I wish enough. every all the best with it and I'm quite sure it'll work out well for Thanks you. very much I, I believe we're talking about forgiveness this week and I think it's quite apt because you and I haven't been getting on that well lately so perhaps it's, it's a good discussion and maybe we'll reconcile at the end what do you think? I hope we will James <laughs> well um, we probably have been working together quite a bit and I think in one sense mother and son working together and in such close proximity is probably a recipe for disaster. Uh, I think it's it can go either way, isn't that yeah. it? We're going we're not going too bad, I think. Well that's it. Um uh, speaking of which, I'm wondering what you think forgiveness is. Yeah, I believe uh, forgiveness is letting go of resentment or a grudge. Often people I think the Irish people in particular would call it a grudge you have against a person or indeed a group of people that have injured you in some way or caused you pain. And um, of course, they say that true forgiveness is even if the other person isn't remorseful, that you can let go of that and forgive them. Uh, I don't know if that's always possible, but that's my understanding of forgiveness. Okay, so James, what do you think forgiveness is? Well, um, I think forgiveness is it's absolutely about letting go of resentment or at least moving forward in terms of our emotional consciousness to a new, more positive attitude to another person. So it is about letting go of that resentment. I also think it's about opening up new possibilities because when we resent someone, we close off that relationship with that person. And it's not to say that that resentment isn't justified. It's in many cases it is. Um, but when we forgive, we we engage with and we open up new opportunities for collaboration and for positive interactions going forward. So, yeah, I think simply forgiveness is about overcoming resentment in order to open up new possibilities and not just in terms of collaboration, but also for ourselves Mm -hmm. um, in order to let go of that negative uh, emotion that we may be experiencing. Yeah, it's interesting that you should say that something is coming to my mind and it's actually Nelson Mandela who said, Resentment is like drinking poison and then hoping it will kill the enemy. Okay, and obviously I'm quite sure because he didn't hold that resentment or he eventually felt it was good to get rid of that resentment that he opened up a whole lot of new possibilities. 
And the interesting thing is when he was coming out of prison, he said, as I walked out the door towards the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave the bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. And when you think about what he achieved after he had come out, which is exactly what you're saying, opening up new possibilities as a result of being able to come to terms with that resentment and to realize that by getting that resentment out of your system, that there were going to be new opportunities. Is oh, that what you're saying? Absolutely. Really? I think um, I think it's uh, from a political point of view, it's a very it can be. I don't. So I think with the caveat. So I I believe that there are other ways of overcoming resentment. I don't think forgiveness is just is the only way of doing that. Um, but I do think it's obviously a very positive thing. It's what you would call a virtue. It's a virtuous thing, and it's important to make a distinction between forgiveness, the psychological aspects of forgiveness, and the moral aspects of forgiveness. Because psychologically, people find it very difficult to forgive. Some people do, at least, and that's fine. I'm not saying you should or shouldn't forgive, but morally. In terms of we understand morality as something that exists independently of us humans, that if we think about forgiveness in the way Mandela frames it, for example, it's, it can reconstitute and change relationships with groups or with individuals uh, that can reopen or at least it, not necessarily reopen because I, I don't think forgiveness is about forgetting. And we often hear that forgiveness is to forget but no, it's not about forgetting. It's about looking at that event in a different way. And so very often with the benefit of hindsight and with the benefit of education and when we understand the other person and their motivations and why they did what they did, mm-hmm. it allows us to see that sometimes that although someone could do something terrible, that they didn't really understand what they were doing at the time because of all of the complexities of, of human life. So forgiveness can be... A, a very powerful force for change for our interpersonal relationships and as a society in general, uh, as Mandela fr- frames it. But also, I think it's important to say that I don't think forgiveness is the only way of overcoming resentment. I think that forgiveness is also discretionary. And I think that um, I think it's up to the individual or to the group of people whether they decide that they want to forgive or not and whether it's the right thing for them to do. Because I equally, I think, if you look at some particular teachings on forgiveness, so a prominent idea from the Christian church, for example, is that we should always forgive. We should always aim to forgive. And, you know, I think of the truth and reconciliation forums that happened in South Africa, which were headed by Archbishop Desmond Tutu. And people would say that he was very adamant in the idea that people should forgive and we and that sometimes you'd look at situations where people were clearly uncomfortable but felt that there was a social pressure to forgive the, the, the transgressor. And that, to me, doesn't seem like a healthy way either. I don't think that that's... It, mm-hmm. Forgiveness has to be something that comes from you as an individual mm-hmm. because forgiveness, we can think about forgiveness in two ways. So we can think about it as a judgment. I can decide that I want to forgive someone because I believe that that's the right thing to do. But emotionally, because forgiveness is centrally about an emotion, about resentment, mm-hmm. So say I forgive someone because I'm pressured into doing it mm. or I believe that it might be the right way to overcome resentment. But yet I forgive someone and then a few months later I still have that resentment. Mm. Well, then I haven't forgiven anyone. Of course, yeah. So it's important to understand that it is discretionary as well and that it's up to the individual. But I think it's a very positive thing. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And you're saying that forgiveness cannot be forced. And in many ways, it's a process that we work through. And sometimes that process will not even allow us to forgive because the hurt has been so deep that someone just can't uh, can't bring themselves to forgive the perpetrator. Like, for example, I read on the paper there about a woman who had lost her son. Uh, who, he, he was an innocent victim who was shot. And it's 16 years ago and no one has been brought to justice. And she said that while she prays for the person that, do, that actually shot him every day, but that she cannot in her heart forgive him. So, I mean, how can you force somebody to do what they're not ready are willing to do yeah. so i think you're you're really right there well, so James. Th- and i think that's why it's important to again just to reiterate that point that it, there's it's important to distinguish between the psychology of forgiveness and the morality of forgiveness mm-hmm. clearly it's a good thing to forgive mm-hmm. but at the same time we understand that not everybody wants to forgive and that's okay too so it's it's a complex phenomenon and i think at this point it might be good to look at something from irish history uh, to give us some more insight into forgiveness. And I've actually prepared a, a, a small report on the troubles and some views on forgiveness as well, which I think will be useful to give us some insight. Londonderry. This was the peaceful prelude to days of rioting and violence, the beginning of a new and bloody chapter in the grim history of the city. As the Apprentice Boys Parade, a traditional Protestant march, wound its way through the streets, There was no hint of the violence that was to rip Londonderry apart. It was only when the march was almost over that tempers began to get frayed. Stones were thrown from the Catholic bogside area. Within minutes, barricades were going up and militant MP Bernadette Devlin was addressing the crowd. The police prepared to defend themselves from the stones that were already beginning to hail down on them. Protestants gathered to reply to the Catholic stones. More barricades went up. Tempers fled. The crowd linked arms, and within minutes, Londonderry was in the grip of the most savage and senseless rioting it has yet seen. With Bogside, the battle. The Troubles was a complex conflict with numerous armed and political players. It included an armed insurgency against the state by sections of the Catholic or nationalist population, principally waged by the Provisional Irish Republican Army with the aim of creating a united, independent Ireland. Against the IRA were a variety of state forces, such as the Royal Ulster Constabulary, the regular British Army and a locally recruited army unit, and the Ulster Defence Regiment. A differing but related aspect of the conflict was sectarian or communal violence between the majority Unionist or Loyalist Protestant population and the minority Catholic or Nationalist one. This was manifest in intercommunal rioting, house burning and expulsion of minorities from rival areas, as well as lethal violence including shooting and bombing. Several paramilitary groups were also drawn from the Loyalist community, most notably the Ulster Defence Force and the Ulster Volunteer Force. The official aim of these groups was to cease Republican violence against the state, but in practice their main target was Catholic civilians. Though not the principal aim of their campaign, Republican paramilitary groups also killed a significant number of Protestant civilians. 
The IRA called a ceasefire in 1994, followed shortly afterwards by the loyalist groups, leading to multi-party talks about the future of Northern Ireland. The conflict was formally ended with the Belfast or Good Friday Agreement of 1998. It was a bloody and violent affair with more than 3,500 people killed in the conflict and another 50,000 injured. Undoubtedly, the sheer number of casualties caused much pain, bitterness and resentment between people from both the Unionist and Nationalist communities. Varying views and attitudes towards forgiveness have come to the fore following the attempts at reconciliation that followed the Good Friday Agreement. At one end of the spectrum is Jude White, whose mother Peggy was killed in 1984 by a member of a loyalist paramilitary group. Prior to this, in 1983, a member of the same group tried to bomb the family home and fatally injured himself in the attempt. Peggy, although a target of the attack, nursed him as he lay on the street. In a statement to the Observer, Mr White said, His name was David Matland, and I remember seeing him with half his face and a hand blown off outside our door. And I also remember it was my mother who told me to go outside, get a pillow and a blanket to put around him to comfort him while he lay there dying from his injuries. I think he was as shocked as I was that the people he had come to kill had offered him some comfort and solace in his hour of need. Mr White thought this kindness might spare the family further attacks, but a year later the same group attacked the house again, this time killing Peggy and a 20-year-old police officer, Michael Dawson. Yes, Mr White, a lecturer, claims that if he knew the name of his mother's killer, he would not inform the authorities. For him, he sees no benefit in imprisoning a man who would now probably be around 60, like himself, and can hardly have understood the conflict in which he was involved. As he says, in my mother's name, I forgive him, and explained that although he has not inherited his mother's fate, he tries to emulate her empathy. A more common view is that associated with Alan McBride, a counsellor at the Wave Trauma Centre and member of the Protestant community, whose wife and father-in-law were killed in the IRA Shankill bombing in 1993. He is unable to fully forgive the man who carried out the attack, but yet has no desire to see him suffer. According to The Economist magazine, after a significant struggle with his bitterness and resentment, he is now at a point where he sees what happens to his attacker as a matter of indifference. On the other end of the spectrum is Jim Wells, a former Democratic Unionist politician and evangelical. Like many of the more intensely religious factions in Northern Ireland, he holds the view that the transgressor can seek forgiveness only by fully admitting to their misdeeds and begging for pardon, as well as accepting the penalty that is due and mitigating the damage done. As he told a reporter, that is how our Baptist congregation would treat a member who did wrong. It was reminiscent of the blitz. As buildings blazed, the rioters sheltered behind their barricades to make more petrol bombs. Police used tear gas, and 320 troops stood by on the outskirts of the city. Ulster's agonizing experience may hold grave consequences for the future. So, what did you think, Sheila? Yeah, I thought it was very interesting. First of all, I think of all the complexities of human emotions in it. 
The other thing that struck me was all sides of the divide were hit by the atrocities and they all felt that awful pain and each of them dealt with it in their own way. And I think it's very important that we respect that. And the other thing that struck me was even in the most difficult circumstances that some people felt the need to do the good deed. And I think that's a great reflection of humanity. Uh, So they were the couple of things that struck me about that report, James. So, James, what did you think of it? Yeah, well, look, when I was researching and writing that report, I I really, really did point out that forgiveness is such a complex thing and means something different for everyone. I suppose it's important then to really get a handle on what it is and what it is not. It's not accepting, justifying or excusing someone else's behaviour. It's certainly not that. And it's fundamentally about an emotion, isn't it? It's about resentment. And I think it's also about understanding situations where forgiveness is appropriate, but also where resentment is appropriate. So those situations, particularly Mr. McBride's and Mr. White's situations, horrendous. Um, I really feel for them and I'm so sorry that they had to go through that. Um, But obviously those are situations which warrant a great an exceptional amount of resentment if any of us found us in that situation i mean it's amazing how those people have come to those points and they're both very different points in how they feel about the particular situation one has taken this mr white's approach is very empathic in the sense that he's really trying to understand the motivations of the person that carried out that attack and he's trying to empathize and sympathize with that position and understand that had that person been in a different scenario in a different time that they probably wouldn't have done that and did they really fully understand what they were doing whereas mr mcbride's is a, is a different approach in the sense that whilst he can't fully forgive the person he also see he also doesn't feel revenge or retribution towards that person either and he's come to a point now where he feels indifference where he feels that he can move on with his life so ultimately, there are two very different approaches to forgiveness. One is very centered on the self and the other is very centered on the other. And I do think that forgiveness can be that way. You know, it can be very much about you and your own feelings and emotions, but it can also be about the other. It's actually very interesting because that point, Mr. McBride's approach to forgiveness, for example, or his approach to overcoming resentment is very much the, th- the therapeutic approach. It's about Uh, relinquishing oneself of the resentment they feel and mr white's approach is that's actually you could associate that with uh, a philosopher called hannah ardent and she sees forgiveness as a very important aspect of sociality and of political life and she very much sees forgiveness as something that's uh, about the other about seeing the other about understanding their motivations but also about yourself as well so I think what you, you learn there is that forgiveness is very complex, but forgiveness is it should we say forgiveness is more of an umbrella term for many different phenomena. What do you think? Yeah, I I'm beginning to see how complex it really is. And the other thing that I'm thinking at this point is that almost how dare we just how dare we prescribe 
uh, how people deal with their resentment. I think they have to come to terms with it themselves and whatever way they choose to overcome it or to live with it is their choice. Absolutely. I, I would, would, would 100% agree. And Whereas so, but, I wouldn't and, have thought that in the beginning at all. I would almost have felt it was a moral duty to forgive. That's well, look, that's just a view that's very prominent in Christian teachings of forgiveness. But I, I do think that that can be damaging sometimes. Like, is resentment always a bad thing, for example? Do you think resentment is always a bad thing? No, I don't. I don't now. And to be honest, I have broadened my view considerably, as I said, mm. because I can see that each of them were working through the pain they had endured and they chose to deal with it in different ways. And who would I be to say one was right and the other was wrong? Absolutely. And the other thing about resentment, I suppose, to add to that point is that resentment can be appropriate. I mean, it's it's perfectly natural to feel resentment when someone has wronged you. So well, I suppose for me anyway, and I think some other philosophers would certainly agree with this point of view, that resentment has a function and sometimes it's there to protect you. And the other side of forgiveness is, is should we forgive everything or should should we easily forgive or should we take the approach of the last example of the, the unionist politician and the evangelical who takes this very hard approach to forgiveness? I think in understanding its complexity, really what we need to understand is that resentment isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's there to protect us. It's there to protect us because, well, if we forgive very easily and then we end up in the same situation again, well, then we're only going to end up causing twice as much pain to ourselves. So it's there to protect us to some degree. So I don't like the idea that resentment is inherently a bad thing. And I think that that can be damaging to people as well. So what I think is really it's about assessing the situation being empathic towards the other, understanding who they are and trying to understand had they... Look, I think I think in, a, in an ideal scenario, we would want someone to come to us. I certainly would, if someone's wronged me, to come to me and say, I'm sorry, I got it wrong, I behaved in a bad way and I shouldn't have done that and I, I'm going to strive not to do that in future and do my best because changing ourselves is hard, Okay. But sometimes that's not going to be the case. So sometimes what we have to do is try to understand that person in that particular time and space and understand, are they capable of change? And some people aren't. Some people don't deserve forgiveness because they won't change and they would just end up doing the same thing again, given the opportunity. So that's the other side of forgiveness. I think being foolhardy in terms of forgiveness is a bad thing. So resentment isn't necessarily a bad thing and forgiving all the time isn't a good thing either. But forgiveness in terms of morality is a good thing, but under the right circumstances. That's what I think. I think that those two cases highlight that. Both of them are very much driven by their point of view. And one point of view is it's about creating healing in Northern Ireland through truth and enable people to come out and speak openly about what they did and what happened. The other is about healing through focusing on oneself and overcoming that resentment. And they're both perfectly valid ways. I agree thoroughly with you. Yeah, I can, you you have really explained that very well. And it has certainly given me a different perspective 
on forgiveness and what it is and what it isn't. Mm. Have you any particular stories or anecdotes? Yeah, well, I have met a few people who were crippled with resentment over the course of my life, right? And one man in particular whom I was working with and he was making really good strides and then he totally disappeared off the radar. And one day I thought I'd just give him a phone call to catch up. And the minute I called him, I knew by the tone of his voice that things weren't well with him. So he asked me if he could meet up with me then. And he told me that somebody who was in power had abused that power and had accused him of something he didn't do. At this stage, it had been established that he didn't do the particular deed. However, it was still haunting him. And he just couldn't believe that somebody in power would do what they did to him, right? And he just could not let go of it. He was absolutely, absolutely eaten up inside from it. And even the minute I met him, I saw that his whole countenance had changed. So we had a chat. So I suggested to him that perhaps he needed counselling to overcome this resentment. And he did phone me sometime later to say that it had helped. Now, I haven't caught up with him since, but I believe that man was in turmoil. And if he didn't get the help to work through that turmoil, it would have destroyed him. And another example is a girl I know who was injured at work. And it was very evident that she was injured. However, she believed that people ganged up against her to cover it up. And she really felt there was a grave injustice done to her, right? And she did everything in her power to right that wrong, but she didn't succeed. And that particular person... She just, I I believe she coped with it through her spirituality and through the fact that she is such a forgiving person. But at the same time, she believes that it did leave a lasting impact on her whole health and well-being. Absolutely. And that's that is part of the problem. It's what what it does to us emotionally when we've been wronged by someone. It can be very damaging and it it highlights the importance at least of overcoming resentment and figure, figuring out ways of, of dealing with that, even if we can't necessarily get forgiveness from someone else. Well, a question I'd love to ask, I've been thinking about this. If nobody forgave, what kind of a world would we have? Well, look, I think, when I think about it, I think in terms of pragmatically speaking at least I think it would you wouldn't be able to have the kind of society or have any cohesion It's and I mean ultimately as I said at the beginning forgiveness is about opening up new possibilities for future collaboration and positive action that's what I think it is ultimately for yourself and for others so we can take that example literally in terms of if I have to re-establish uh, relationship with my partner for example perhaps they've been unfaithful um 
but have shown significant remorse and have proved that they will not do that again, well then perhaps it's it's about seeing the, the, the person as a whole and seeing the relationship you had with them in the past and but not forgetting that, but enabling uh, new possibilities for future action and for positive relations. I think, but also in terms of perhaps someone has passed away, but for yourself even, it's about not being held back by what you feel towards that person, being able to perhaps understand the reasons for actions or understand that perhaps they didn't fully understand what they were doing themselves. And that will enable you to have positive interactions yourself in the future because you're not being held back by those particular negative interactions. So what I think is without forgiveness we would live in a world of stagnation really it would be a stagnant world of a lot of pain and resentment and bitterness and i know that life is complex and i know it's difficult and i know we all feel pain every day i feel pain everyone feels certain levels of emotional pain and resentment towards other people but ultimately in order to have the love that we feel to one another the love that we share with other people and all the positive aspects of life, then I think that although forgiveness isn't always necessary, it is significant in the sense that it can allow us to have loving, caring relationships with other people and experience the most positive aspects and the best parts of living. Yeah, that that seems to be a valid explanation. I believe, you know, that it is necessary in whatever shape or form it comes, it seems to me it's necessary. A world without forgiveness would be, <laughs> it would be a sad place. It would be, it a, would sad be a sad place. place. And maybe the words of Mar- Martin Luther King might just sum it up. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So perhaps even if we were to take forgiveness Hmm. in that context. Absolutely. And I I suppose another point to make about forgiveness is that to forgive someone is an amazing gift. And it's a very difficult thing to do sometimes, particularly under certain circumstances. I mean, we forgive every day. I mean, we all we we forgive every day people for minor transgressions and Mm -hmm. uh, we, we can do that quite easily. But to forgive somebody who has hurt you badly that what you've done is you've given an amazing gift because it is it's saying although you've done something and you've hurt me i have the ability to be able to see you and see the potential you have as a person and the potential future relationships we can have or and the potential for positive and loving relations we can have although i'll never forget i can see the bigger picture effectively So to forgive is an amazing gift, I think. But at the same time, I suppose, if we were to draw some conclusions about what forgiveness is and isn't, I think what I would say is that with all of the positive aspects of forgiveness, and I do think there are many, I think it's important to re-emphasize that it is discretionary, that it is up to the individual. And you have to find, you as an individual have to find the best way for you yourself to deal with whatever negative feelings you have or something that you feel is unhealthy for you or your your mental hygiene and there are other ways of dealing with resentment than forgiveness Mm -hmm. 
I think there are. I think that there's plenty of, of ways of, of overcoming resentment that don't necessarily involve having to forgive someone. If you find that too painful, you shouldn't feel pressured because society says it's a good thing or because particular strains of teaching would say it's the only way to overcome resentment. There are many, many ways. There's a big world of ideas out there coming from many different traditions and non-Western traditions from Buddhism and from Chinese philosophy and from Western philosophy as well, which allow us to understand that there are many ways to deal with these things. That seems quite valid. And to be honest, like I believe I have gone from the narrow focus of what forgiveness is to a much broader focus and really in many ways how dare I prescribe for somebody else as to how they overcome the grief and pain and resentment they felt as a result of that. For them, it's about working through it and perhaps even working through it with a therapist to find the most appropriate way that they can live with and live a fulfilled life and move on from that awful pain and hurt and resentment that they felt. Absolutely. I think that's the most important thing, ultimately. As I said, I've, I think there, it's, forgiveness is an amazing thing. It's one of the most generous things you can do. But at the same time, ultimately, you have to look after yourself first. I think if you're not looking after yourself, then you can't look after anyone else. So you have to find that self-peace. And if it's not true forgiveness, that's fine too. You have to find what's right for you effectively. And Very good. So that's that's what I would say. Very good. So I've how put, is our relationship now, James? Uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm looking at other ways of finding coming over overcoming my resentment first. <laughs> I know, of course, we're fine. We're always fine. But that's 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 an important point to make as well. Like you and I we have a very good relationship in many ways, but that doesn't mean that we don't fall out and we don't argue with one another. Look, it's it's like everybody. Everybody everybody argues, everyone falls out, and that's just part of life. That's just part of life, and you just have to get on with it. So I think we've come to the end now, and Sheila, it was very difficult to find a poem to finish this one out because I suppose forgiveness is such a complex topic, as we've seen, and so it's hard to find something that encompasses all of the aspects of forgiveness. But... I think you've come good, Sheila, as as usual. So do you want to share your poem with us? Forgiveness by John Greenleaf Whitter My heart was heavy For its trust had been abused Its kindness answered with foul wrong So turning gloomily from my fellow men One summer Sabbath day, I strolled among the green mounds of the village burial place, where, pondering how all human love and hate find one sad level, and how, soon or late, wronged and wrongdoer, each with meekened face, and cold hands folded over a still heart, past the green threshold of our common grave. Whither all footsteps tend, whence none depart. Awed for myself, and pitying my race, our common sorrow, 
like a mighty wave, swept all my pride away, and trembling, I forgave. Thanks very much, James. Thank you, Sheila. That was very beautiful. And I'm really looking forward to our next discussion. And I think we've also reconciled at the end of this discussion. So I believe we have, James. I'm looking forward to the next falling out and to the next making up. Talk soon. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. Hi, folks. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please don't forget to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you could, we would really appreciate if you could give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. Bye.